if your dog talks, uh, give your dog the microphone. Absolutely. Yeah. He only talks when I'm listening and it's kind of upsetting because whenever I try to show people that, you know, my dog talks, they kind of stare at me. Ah, uh, it's a Michigan J frog situation. Exactly. Mm. Michigan J dog. <laughs> <laughs> Episode 176 of Insert Credit, the official program of the video game internet community that's so old that we were able to secure the name Insert Credit. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I'm Alex Jaffe, and I can do 17 push-ups as of this morning. <laughs> I'm Frank Savaldi, and I don't remember the last time I tried to do a push-up, but uh, when I did, it was maybe 2.3. Nice. I'm Brandon Sheffield, and I regularly do 20 push-ups in the morning. I don't know if that's... I don't know how many I can do, but that certainly is enough. <laughs> I'm getting there. I'm creeping up on you. Enough for me. <laughs> I'll report back next week. Well, joining us once again this week is our friend from the Kotaku Trenches, Ash Parrish. Hi. Um, I actually don't know what a uh, push-up is. Can someone explain it to me? Oh, it's like those uh, like frozen orange confections where there's like a <laughs> stick at the bottom. I have 17 of those every morning. Nice. No, no, no. That's a push-pop. We're talking about a push-up. Are those yeah. things you put your boobs in when you wanted to make them look nice? Yeah, like a bra. Yeah, I put on 17 of those every morning. <laughs> it's the only way to contain my power. <laughs> so, uh, this season of Insert Credit, I always start out the episode with uh, one of our archival questions that I pull off of the spreadsheet that I meticulously organized earlier this year. Previously on Insert Credit, episode 86, 2014, World of Yourcraft, I asked, if arcades were still a thing, what games not originally designed for arcades would make the best transition to arcades? This time, I am limiting you to two games that came out from 2014 until now. Dang it. I was just about to say Ribbit King. You can't, though. Um, I know. I think you could make an arcade Hades and it would work. Oh, Arcades? Arcades. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Blitzball. Oh, just the Blitzball part. Yeah, take Blitzball out of Final Fantasy VII and that could be a good arcade game. Sure. Wait, no, that's older than 2014. Is it in Remake? It if could it... be. Yes, maybe. Yeah, I don't know if it's in the Remake. You played the Remake. Yeah, I didn't finish it because I didn't oh. like it very much. I only okay. got to the second big hub area where Cloud dresses as a lady. Mm. I mm. got to that part, and um, that's that's about it. That's as far as I got um, in the original, and I was like, well, I saw the important thing. I can stop yeah, now. Right, yeah. I guess it I goes downhill from there. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, when did Flappy Bird come out? Oh, good that's question. A, but no, there, here's the problem. That is in arcades. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, it was a great idea then. And it came out in 2013. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, uh, dang it. Looking at part-time UFO um, kind of reminds me of Scribble Knots, and that might be an interesting arcade conversion with like a giant keyboard. Hmm. But uh, I don't know when that came out either. I have a bad answer. I would like for uh, Firewatch to be an arcade game, and you have to <laughs> you have like a certain number of steps per quarter. And yeah, Scribble Knots uh, was two thousand nine. You gotta keep. Uh, How about Scribble Super Knots? Scribble Knots. Okay. <laughs> Super extra scribble. Now. Turn this into a show where Jaffe looks things up for us. <laughs> That's 2010. Sorry. Uh, what about the Android version? Is <laughs> that none of us out. know how long ago 2014 is? Yeah, exactly. That, yes. Time, that time like... is fake now. That's yeah, when the exactly. pandemic started, right? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's okay. really what this question is about. What year did games come out? 
<laughs> Heck if I know. Right. Um, like clearly we all lost track around 2010. How about Ring Fit Adventure? I like those physical arcade games where you got to bash something with a stick or you got to like punch a, some pads oh, yeah. and stuff. So That'd work. Ring, work. Ring Fit Adventure would be pretty fun. How about the mobile Mario Run game that no one remembers? I remember that game. Yeah, that might be a good yeah, one. I remember that game. That was a good game. Uh, you know, it looked like a good game, but it also looked exactly like the Rayman game that I had already played. So I didn't get into the Mario one. He's got ankles. Yeah, oh, that's a good point. That's the worst thing about Rayman is the lack of ankles. <laughs> right. My eyes are just glued to that, that gap. This makes me think of that one magazine ad where he's standing at the urinal and everybody's just in awe. But actually, you know, like real answer, though, Mar like a Mario running, jumping game that's more like, you know, time attack based or like you have to get the three gold medals. You know what I mean? And and it's limited in that way. You know, if it's Mario Run, it's just a big like jump button to mash, like a big arcade, like slap the button thing. Oh, yeah. Um, I think that would work really well, especially because it's Mario. So that's where people are gonna gonna go. I have a dumb answer, which is Street Fighter Five. <laughs> <laughs> Owned. Yep. Okay. I think on that we gotta go to the next question. All okay. Right. What specifically makes Final Fantasy fourteen the best MMO game? Ooh. Certainly people are saying that. Yeah. I'm going to give a serious answer. Um, it's because you can play all classes on one character. Oh, that that is interesting. Do you mean yeah. simultaneously or uh, job switching or what? I mean like job switching. So I play MMOs a lot. I play a lot of Final Fantasy 14. Before that, I was exclusively a WoW player. And if you wanted to play another class you had to roll another character and i hate right. retreading things and that's like a pain in the ass for me like i will abandon good games if you know to save myself from having to do something over so the idea of you know playing multiple classes in world of warcraft is unappealing because it means you have to start over each time and level from zero to whatever to get to the end game content whereas in final fantasy 14 i hit a button and if i've leveled my classes right they're all at the same level at the same time so i can just continue on the main story quest i don't have to backtrack i don't have to retread or anything like that it's you can perfect. experience the whole game as one character i yes. admit that's been a barrier of entry for exactly me. it's a quality of life kind of a thing that's that's interesting because I, I guess it, it sounds like you know when in when final fantasy 14 originally came out people had a lot of complaints about it and some of it was that quality of life kind of stuff and it sounds like maybe they really listened to it and did a complete 180 and made it uh, extremely friendly to the player. I think it's player friendly from a MMO player perspective. Also, the story is really fucking good. <laughs> you don't play MMOs for the story most yeah. of the time, but you know, it, and, and even if you don't play Final Fantasy 14 for its story, like you do it for a progression of raids or whatever, you can have a pretty, really good emotional story experience. Like I, I just finished the first, um, the first expansion a realm reborn not too long ago and then at the end of it like all of my friends just revealed themselves to be like completely garbage characters because they're stupid and they did stupid things and i was like oh this is horrible because i wasn't expecting it it was very like like watching the red wedding for the first time mm. how long does it take for that to play out it took me i want to say like maybe 40 hours to get that far oh that's reasonable yeah yeah there, there it, there's other little things along the way that are interesting like this was not the first time all of your friends fucking die in front of you apparently in this game and that was another like heartbreaking moment and they invest a lot of emotion into a lot of things that kind of take you out of surprise there's a lot of attention to detail in this game that i think a lot of mmos miss for bigger picture stuff that was my serious answer no it's good, good. uh i'm curious about the story thing because like compared to 
Final Fantasy 15, where you've got the story part and the the game part are totally different things. And like the, the stuff you're doing in Final Fantasy 15, running around, helping your buddies is completely divorced from the very shortened version of a main story arc that they have in 15. So I'm wondering to what degree 14 spends more time actually in that space so that you even understand what the story is because 15 didn't i assume it must be much better it takes a long time for things to pay off like i was kind of frustrated um because final fantasy 14 ends or the first part of it ends there's a bunch of patch stuff and then you can get to the next expansion and it's all the stuff in the middle part that i'm like this fucking sucks i'm level 50 just let me into the new expansion yet and they're like no 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 Uh, you have to lay all this foundation so you know i was as i was complaining about this people are like it it's fine just power through it. Yes, it sucks, but the stuff, the seeds that they plant now don't pay off until like three and four expansions down the way. And it's amazing. That's the that's the bill of goods I've been sold anyway. So I'm excited oh. to see how it plays out. Yeah, you got to mm. report back and let us know if that's true because basically oh, every time I someone has you know. told me that, it has been wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I will let you know because these people are like, Ash, I promise it'll work out. And I'm like, okay, uh, I'm taking all of your names down. And when... <laughs> When it inevitably doesn't happen, I'm writing one hell of a burn book about all yeah. of you. I have heard that the Final Fantasy MMOs secretly have the best stories of the Final Fantasy games, but that's hard to believe. It is hard to believe when you're on the outside, but trust yeah. me, as one of those Final Fantasy true believers who's played every game from 7 till now, they're not kidding. Okay. Now, do you think that Final Fantasy fourteen could work on a console? It does, if you play it on uh, PS5. Oh, PS4. really? Yeah. Shows what I know about anything. <laughs> I haven't played it. Uh, it would be interesting for me to investigate if there's like cross save so I can like, I, I think I have to buy oh, the yeah. game again, which is unfortunate. But if I buy the game again for console and if I'm able to sign in on like under my account, then that would be that would be big fucking deal. Like being able to cross play like that. Yeah, I'm pretty curious about it. I, I've been wary of it. I've, I've never gotten into any MMO because, you know, I'll, I'll play Clash Royale. <laughs> every waking minute if i can like it, once they start putting in guild stuff and you can like contribute to your guild's performance and their inter and inner get guild rankings and stuff then it's it's like you know but it, it becomes a big part of my life next question what games have benefited the most from completely changing course during development um resident evil 4 that's a big one like yeah we don't we don't know what the original resident evil 4 was like but uh is the one it's that probably out, like well. Resident Evil as opposed yes. to Resident Evil 4, which is like a good game. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I like those original Resident Evils for uh, for their specificity and for for being a certain kind of experience. But I definitely have more fun playing Resident Evil 4. I mean, we we don't tend to know a lot about a game's development history. You know, uh, in general, there's very few that we uh, are allowed to know about. I mean, one that comes to mind that just because it's branded and me on the show as Deadly Premonition changed uh, its its focus a couple times, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I and um, I don't know if all of it was to its benefit because one of its earlier iterations didn't have combat, and combat is the worst part of the game. Yeah. <laughs> so was it, is it better or worse? Who knows? Well, I imagine that the non-combat version was a lot more of those segments where you have to wiggle the joystick to run. Oh, yeah. Um, so it's probably better. Yeah, it's probably better. 
like not to you know, continually harp on Final Fantasy fourteen, but that's the biggest example that I can oh, really call actually, mine. Yeah. Because it was supposed to be one way and then they completely destroyed like it was garbage. Like it was terrible. And they completely nuked that, brought in Yoshida, I forget his full name. They call him Yoshi P. And they're like completely, you know, reverse coursed and now it's it is what it is. It's the juggernaut that it is. And I didn't see it when it what it looked like in 1.0. I heard terrible stories. I knew friends that played it and they were like I'm a 1.0 diehard, but A Realm Reborn is much better. Uh, one of the things I appreciate is that they wove that reboot into their story. So basically at the end of you know 1.0, they kill everyone. and But they're like, oh no, it's time magic. And you know shoot everyone five years forward. And it's like, we can't remember what happened. So I think that was neat that there is like an in-story reason why everything is different between then and now. But yeah, like that was one of those bigger, holy shit, you know, it can be done, which is right. why you see games like Anthem getting into trouble. Um, I know that Arkham Asylum was originally supposed to be a rhythm game where uh, the moment you got into battle, it would turn into this like, uh, oh, hit the buttons in time with the uh Oh, it is a rhythm game. Prompt. It's, it's, it's it, yeah, still it just a hide game. that from you. Yeah, sure. exactly. I guess Fortnite was something else first, right? Like it wasn't. It was a zombie game. But was that at launch or before it came out? It was before it came out. OK. Um, but uh, Jeffy just said during development, so it could be it can be before it can be during, yeah. etc. Uh, that's true. Development don't stop anymore, right? Yeah, that's right. Well, the save the world part of Fortnite is that what you're talking about? Yeah, I well, actually, I don't know what I'm talking about, but I, I <laughs> like it wasn't originally a PUBG like, and the and no. there wasn't a real originally the building, I believe. It was originally a Left for Dead knockoff, and then they pivoted to being a PUBG knockoff. Yeah, something like that. I think a fun thing from that like big nintendo data leak is is how like the earliest concepts for the game that became yoshi's island were basically like what if we did plock so yeah. that was that was right. probably a change for the better yeah absolutely i'm trying to think of the name of this is a case where it might be good if tim were here there's an irem game series it's called like pachi paradise or something it's a series of pachinko games where over time they started putting in bigger and bigger disaster report adventure game sequences and it's not exactly a change during development but is it's certainly a change in development to where there started to be less pachinko game and more adventure game but the adventure game isn't advertised it's just inside of this pachinko slot game on a series on the ps2 it's a it's a pretty wild thing and yeah uh I've never played any of them. I've just watched videos and but it's it's really impressive and bizarre that they even chose to do this. Yeah, as as a fan of, you know, the Disaster Report series, I'm I'm interested in those, but I don't think any of them are even vaguely in English. No, which means I should play them. It's 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 my responsibility on this web, <laughs> on this show to do that. So, Does should. Devil May Cry fit this considering it was originally supposed to be Resident Evil 4? I guess. Is it better? <laughs> Because it's not okay. Resident Evil? Yeah, I don't know. I think it's better that it's not Resident Evil. That's true. Oh, yeah. I just remembered Okami. Okami used to was supposed to be like this super hyper-realistic thing, and then they decided to go like full cell shading. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. That game is the... nothing without the art. Like, right, that that's the, the only good style. thing about it. That game's okay. It's a good game. The dog might be listening. Don't be mean. Okay. <laughs> that's, right. that's true well we know the dog talks we don't know if the dog listens okami, no but... he's actually a really good listener fair enough i don't know if this really counts but we know that resident evil was built on top of the goof troop engine right <laughs> yes that absolutely canonical story our next question what game features the greatest distance of quality 
between how good the music is and how bad the game itself is. Oh wow! Fuck! Oh. I could. Oh man! Well, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna be, I'm gonna do the old person answer, which is like most of the Sunsoft games on the NES. So oh, that's true. Bester's Quest and and Journey to Silius and stuff like that. Gremlins Two, like all that music is awesome. It's got that really crunchy Sunsoft bass and and uh, Batman Revenge of the Joker is another one. But I think Bayou yeah. Billy's in there too. That's not Sunsoft, but. Yeah, that's another one um, where, but again, I think I've said this before on the show, play the Japanese version. It's a, it's, yes, that's the that real too. game. Anyway, that's the answer. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. I really like the music in Hover Strike for Jaguar CD. <laughs> that game sucks. Of course, uh, we can all relate to this. Yes. Every, everyone knows what I'm talking about. I don't need to explain this any further. This is a weird one. I think the uh, soundtrack of, now you guys are going to fight with me about my pronunciation on this. Pie Cross is really good. Picross. It's Pie Cross. Is it Pie Cross? It's yeah, not. Sure. It's Pixels. It's, it's the game about care. crossing pies. It's not Pixels. I don't care. It's Pie Cross. <laughs> Dang it. Like, you know, 3.14 pie. That's what I see. So it's Pie Cross. Fair enough. I just looked up the Moby Games page for Vert. So I'm going to say most of these. Yeah. yeah. Most games Vert worked on. Sure. Yeah. A lot of way forward games where you got the music is good, the art is good, and then the game is there. Right. Along with those two things. I know there are a lot of things, but every time I think of a game with good music, I think of good games. Right. <laughs> well, another challenge to this is like, I think all of us are sort of um, brain poisoned to like games if we like one thing about them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ooh, big mm-hmm. deal. Big mood. Yeah. So it's hard to hard to be like, is, is this really bad? <laughs> oh, no, I got you. I got you. Final Fantasy 13. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Especially the sequels. Yeah. That 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 game, the soundtrack is really good. Dirge of Cerberus too. Mm-hmm. Really freaking good, terrible game. Absolutely. That's true. Back in twenty ten or whatever, people would have said near, but now people um have retconned the idea that they like the game. I always liked the game, but they have uh, come around to the correct opinion. Welcome yes. to the club. Yeah, good for them. Good for them figuring it out. Or at least being bullied by niche popular internet opinion into uh pretending that they think it is i don't think it's bullied so much as being convinced by the uh ubiquity of a butt in the sequel (laughs) yes oh man it's weird how people's internet horniness will make them like things i don't know if i approve of it yeah we talked about this with hayden that's not new with the internet that's that's like most of most of the music industry yeah it's humanity in general i played an mmo Oh God, I'm not going to remember what it was. It was it was like Rift or something or something. And you could play like these super ripped like abs all over the place, dudes. That game was dog shit, but damn if it wasn't pretty. <laughs> like I play, I roll, I never roll dudes. I always roll lady characters and I played a dude because <laughs> I wanted to look at his abs all the time. <laughs> There's a game called Rift that is an MMO that was developed by Tryon Worlds. Is that right? Yeah. That That's is not correct. the one. Uh, I think maybe it was not Rift, but Aeon. It was one of those like really weird, oh. indecipherable one name MMOs. Yeah. Was it a Korean one? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I feel like I remember that. Maybe it was Aeon. I'm just looking up composer stuff now. Like, okay, Tim Fallen. Yeah. I mean, that, you know, oh, I'm sure Tim Fallen games. games. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I'm going to take away points from Frank because I had Tim Fallen uh, written down before this as the two obvious. <laughs> Anyway, I hear some of those mana games are pretty bad. You know, I just never played any of them. Yeah. Played the Oops. first one, the Game Boy one. How's the music in that one? Uh, I don't remember. Uh-oh. Well, doesn't qualify then. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, it's it's almost easier to think of games that are good where the music is bad. I was just thinking that. Like, that was literally in my brain. And the first thing that popped in my head was Pokemon. Yeah. Really? It's such a shame. I, I feel like, what if they just made that game with good music once, but they don't want to? People love the Pokemon music. I, I think they love Pokemon. They have good moments. Like, some of the battle themes, like, have their moments, but all in all, it's not great. Yeah, there's never been a good, a, a full Pokemon soundtrack that was like, this no is skips. really... Yeah, that's true. I think it's actually kind of intentional. I think it's supposed to just create a mood and an environment and get out of your way and not really be obtrusive. But I feel like it feel like it could or should be. I would like it. All right. Here's something I've never admitted. The cave theme from the original Pokemon game always reminds of the theme from Comedy Central's Cranky. So think (laughs) about that the next time you hear it. Okay, I might die before hearing either of those again. (laughs) Cranky That's fine. Looping back to our first topic. Imagine the pandemic is over and and each of you is opening up a barcade. What do you Mm. name it? Each of us? Or are we doing it together? Uh, Each of you. They're rival barcades. Okay. Hmm. Oh, okay. Okay. uh, I mean, this this is maybe a cop out, but if I were opening a barcade, I would name it Barcade. Uh, So many people do that. I would get the search engine optimization. I would get the the Google Maps. (laughs) Um, I would, uh, I would win by, by doing that. I think you might actually lose by doing that because any more popular barcade than yours would show up first. I got my name. Gin and Sonic. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's the one to beat. <laughs> I don't think Gin I can beat Sonic. that. Oh, God damn. Locked and loaded. <laughs> yeah, that's rough. I, I, I actually went to a wedding where that was a themed drink. So oh. yeah, All right. I, that's I, have, cool. I have had a Gin and Sonic. How was Is it blue? Uh, the idea was that it was blue and there were uh, some kind of rings in there. I don't remember. Uh, they might have been like citrus uh, ah. flush rings or something, but it was terrible. But it wasn't the the uh, creator's fault. It was the uh, the bartender at this wedding was was really, really bad. Uh, mm. Did it use sapphire gin? Isn't that blue in color or does it just have a blue bottle? That uh, Curacao stuff. Yeah. Oh, Curacao is yeah. usually the go to in these mi- blue mixed drinks. Fair enough. I always Not thought it was Curacao, but. That's probably wrong. I've never heard it pronounced, so I've just gone with what I thought it was for this entire yeah. time. It's pie cross. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Forget it, Jake. It's uh, pie cross. <laughs> Brandon, you don't got one. I just can't beat Gin and Sonic is my problem. Well, then I start thinking about like game stores and what they name themselves, but it's all really bad. It's like Pixel Cave. And it's right. just, no. Remember the past? <laughs> Wait, actually, maybe. Maybe I would just call it remember like, the past. Remember the past, the past, a nostalgic beer bar where we have neon signs and there's pizza. Remember the past. Your childhood is back. Is the 80s childhood one to to focus on? I think I think we're in the 90s now. I think I, it's, I think I it's the 90s it. nostalgia that is like it's the one I'm the most pissed at right now. So I think it's the most prevalent. Oh, interesting. Okay. Think about how old arcades are named after like. 16-bit stuff like the barcades around here are called like 16-bit or quarters up even though we've never had a 16-bit game in like 30 years and you don't put quarters in anything anymore so like what's the point yeah okay like uh i got a proposal for brandon uh drunk's revenge oh yeah that's pretty good how about uh insert credit insert credit nah yeah that's probably what i would do i guess BRB um, filing like homeowner papers on Gin and Sonic. Yeah, you need to go to a realtor ASAP. Once everybody's vaccinated, they're going to run back. To- the You're- the best barcade that I have been to is just called Bar Eighty Two. 
That's uh, a good what's the name. What's 82 for? The only good year of video games. That's the no, year I... the video games came out. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah the first year. That's when they came out. Um, yeah, I don't know what it's even for, but it's I can remember it because it doesn't it doesn't have like 16-bit cave bros in right. it or whatever. Uh, I've probably mentioned this on the show before, but for two years I hosted live trivia at a barcade called 10th Level Tavern. And it was called that because 10th starts with a T. Yeah. The worst right. barcade I've ever been to build itself as a barcade, but it only had one very depressed looking skee ball machine in the corner. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's good. They were trying to ride the wave. It's yeah. like an 80 year old disgruntled Irish man in there being like, what are you drinking? <laughs> he, he just needed needed that barcade boost. And the, and the, the skee ball machine is currently like holding cases of beer. Right. right. <laughs> Single cans of beer in each of the holes. Uh, can I play a ski ball machine out of order? <laughs> okay, now that we've established the names of our businesses, how are you going to distinguish it from all the other ones? Yeah, I think I've talked about this a little bit before, but I like the idea of streaming tournaments inside the arcade only. You can watch it ambiently while you're having beverages. So some people are playing Street Fighter or, or whatever they're playing, but it's streamed from the cabinet onto monitors around that you can see so you can actually oh, cheer cool. like and enjoy. An intranet sort of. Yeah, exactly. I, I would just honestly just make a land cafe that also serves beer. Yeah. A game yeah. would be the focus. I would basically do a piano bar, but with people who are good at video games. So I would have just someone come in and like, oh, yeah, beat speed Mario run. 3 or speed oh, run or whatever. Oh, a speed running yeah. bar. Yeah, That'd I don't know cool. if it's necessarily speedrun, but probably a lot of that. Yeah, it's but it's there's there's usually someone at a controller who's good at a game that you've seen before, you know, just being good at it and you can watch. Frank, going along with your piano bar thing, it would be really cool to take requests. Mm. So you could like put a bid in for you've you've done Mario three next. I want to see if you can also do Sonic three or whatever. I don't know. I think that'd be kind of kind of fun. Get the patrons a little bit involved in it somehow. Yeah, you want to make it so that it's like a sports game. I mean, it's it's basically the same as your your tournament thing, but I, I think it it's maybe a little more feasible to just have games people know sort of being played all the time. Play us the game. You're the Paku man. <laughs> that's right. that goes. I think those those weird old physical arcade games are really cool too, where there's just like some kind of physical component to it. At this other barcade that I went to in Los Angeles, I think I described it on the show at one point. They had this light gun game basically, but it was you were shooting physical targets that would scroll by and they would ding down. Um, but it was still a light gun, but you were shooting like metal ducks that are going by. And then at the end, you would shoot a cup and it was a quick draw test for earlier it was accuracy and then it was a uh, a quick draw test to see how fast uh once the cup is revealed you could shoot it and then the cup explodes um and it's a real cup and it doesn't really explode it gets quickly <laughs> replaced by like it drops away and then it gets replaced by all these shards that uh, get pulled away with wires and it's a right. really excellent illusion but uh that thing just has a line of people lining up to watch that stupid cup gimmick and to see if they can be the fastest. I think the context in which I mentioned this was I was disturbingly good at the quick draw. And I I had friends who had been coming regularly and placing, you know, I, like I placed in the top 25 once and I was really happy. And I got number six on my first try. <laughs> 
And I was like, I'm, I'm not touching this game again. After yeah, that. I wouldn't be friends with you after that either. <laughs> Speaking of illusions, we're going to pretend to uh, come right back after a few seconds when it'll in actuality probably be a few minutes. So sit tight. Okay. Well, this isn't a, a good name for a bar, but uh, a phrase that came to mind while we, I was just sitting here listening to y'all was uh, golden tea. What? <laughs> what? I don't know. Spell that last part. Is it what I think it is? T-E-E-T. Yeah. Like like the, the thing that you get milk from. Golden teat. Gold, Isn't that golden... T-E-A-T? It is. Is it? T- I don't know. I've never had to write it before. <laughs> so we wow. know who doesn't write erotic fan fiction of you guys. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Welcome back to the Insert Credit Program. Program. It's time, as is our custom, to head into the dirt bag, where we take one of the questions submitted to us by our patrons at patreon.com slash insert credit, where you can subscribe to the show at any level to receive episodes one day early, one day uh, early. exclusive monthly bonus content one day early, and uh, also get access to the spreadsheet and uh, submission form, where you can send in questions like this one. You really want to see that spreadsheet. Oh, it's great. You'll never get to see it unless you subscribe to patreon.com slash insertcredit. Uh, this question comes from THX Deep Notes number one fan who huh? asks, <laughs> nice. if you could design a startup jingle for a video game console, what would it sound like? Would I have to be musical now? I guess you do. For a console. Okay. I mean, hiring Ryuichi Sakamoto is a hard one to beat. Dreamcast did that. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if that's the best jingle. What are our favorite jingles for for console startups? I mean, the GameCube one is pretty, pretty that's solid. That's my favorite. Yeah. I like, I'm partial to the PS1. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that one, that one really brings me back, as they say. I don't like the original Xbox one. It's pretty gross. I don't think I've liked any of them. I think the closest to liking one is the 360 one. But it's just a... Yeah, I like that sound. I, I like I like game startup sounds more than console ones, I think. like I mean, classic for me is just the chime at the beginning of Super Mario World. Right. I think, you know, like, that's, that's mm-hmm. what it should sound like when you turn on a video game. Well, that's the original Game Boy. That's, I think, the closest you get to a video game sound. Bling! Yeah. Yeah. That one's a little too harsh, though. It is a little harsh. So yeah. maybe just a softer version of a single note chime. I don't know maybe. why y'all are going like soft and jingly. I want mine to scream at you. Okay. Oh, nice. Like a okay. piercing screech. You know, so <laughs> kids <laughs> we can get caught when they're playing video yeah. games at night when they're not supposed to. Uh, yeah, that, friendly. Yeah, right. I think that's a good idea. Uh, and it's unmute. You can't mute yeah. the TV when that's happening. How many times does that happen to you? Like, how many times did you, like, try to sneak off and play, like, a video game and you weren't expecting the big, loud, bling noise? <laughs> just <laughs> just a clip you. of uh, Madam Trenchbull from Matilda going, much too good for children. Yeah. I think I'd have, like, a church choir just really, just really enunciate the term video games. Just really <laughs> passionately. Video games! But better than that. Yeah, yeah maybe right. a little better than that. Just like, you know, shaking their voices and stuff. Yeah. And like, <laughs> and, you know, there might be more to the song. Like, oh, video games in the, in the background, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, maybe I'm trying to go too subtle. I mean, I think similar to Frank, a lot of my favorite jingles are game startup sounds. But it's more like, um, I like the corporate logos, like Capcom's 
90s <laughs> one where all the squares come together to form the logo. Or um, the Konami, the Konami one. Sega. Or Sega, yeah. Yeah, Sega and the Konami one, especially on the... Actually, I can't decide if I like the Super Nintendo or Genesis sound chip version of the Konami logo better. Mm, the, the Super Nintendo one's a little softer, but the Genesis one makes me feel like I'm going somewhere. <laughs> uh, the Sierra one's pretty good. It's like... Da, 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 da. I don't even... I don't, I don't know that one. Yeah. So, I don't think I've ever up. played a Sierra game. Uh, yeah, it's it's past time to do that. You can't do it anymore. Whoops. Yeah, you missed it. That's okay. I feel I feel acceptable. I mean, all right. What, what if you had to do something totally original, not based on any console startup noise you've heard before? I already did. Screaming. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Screaming. Yeah, the screaming. I like the screaming idea. Um, I guess <laughs> I guess you could have like. <clears throat> different different death metal vocalists um i was just thinking of someone just going, cycles through it <laughs> yeah I, I like the idea of a random startup but yeah um yeah me too. I, I, w- I want one of them just to just be what <laughs> <laughs> or just like one in 16 times you load it up it screams at you <laughs> it could just be a, a bunch of surprising sounds um, yeah that, that are Toilet just flushing yeah donkey alarming stuff or like a um a person moaning really loudly and so you're really embarrassed <laughs> just oh like god sexual long, well not necessarily sexual but like could be interpreted right, as right, sexual right and yeah. then you're like no mom it's not because <laughs> so i think we've just invented a new way of gatekeeping in video games oh yeah just like making sure. the startup so unpleasant that only like the true gamers can persist just another it. way to make the hobby a little more embarrassing that's yeah. exactly what we needed yeah. All right, on to our next question over here. What are some things that video game fans think they want, but won't actually enjoy? <laughs> Relationships. Pokemon. <laughs> Any game older than five years. Really? That's true. Yeah, no one actually wants to play old games. They, w- well, they like do. to buy the old games, but I-, I think people who are like, you know, excited about, you know, an old game coming back out, for the most part, I think they buy it and they play it for like 20 minutes and they move on with their lives. Your answer is for contemporary player of players of video games, though, because, of course, there are those who only play games that are more than 20 years or 10 years old or whatever. Sure. sure. Um, that's a but yeah, there's there's different groups. We're there, talking about gamers here. Mm. Oh, Capital right. G gamers was the right. uh, G4 M3 R5. We ain't talking about our dirt bags. No. Uh, OK, that's it. That's a good point. Something they think they actually want is um, ethics in game journalism. <laughs> Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I'm sorry about it. <sighs> Ouch. It's a, it's, you know what? It's still too soon to make jokes about that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A whole presidency later, it is still too soon. Yes. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. We're never, we're never going to live that down because unless we actually live it down and get rid of it. And good luck with that. Um, yeah, be nice. During the height of all that, there was like a parody site that was objective game reviews and kind of liked them. <laughs> I remember seeing um, on Twitter the other day, someone had taken like some interview with a game uh, developer or whatever. And they took out all of like the extra bits that wasn't like the quote from the developer itself. And then questioned the nature of like, oh, these quotes seem fake because all of the things that had been written to provide context was suddenly removed. And it was like, well, what the fuck, dude? That's why we do this shit. It was really funny to watch like, oh, okay. So 
you took everything, you're surprised none of this makes sense because you took everything out that was supposed to make sense. This isn't just, you know, we're not shits and giggles and smoke and mirrors and stuff like that. There's work that we do here. Yeah, they took all the context out and then they're like, this is suspiciously void of context. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, I have a a suspicion that uh, people don't really want that tall vampire lady as much as they think they do in the new Resident Evil. Uh, Really? What makes you think that? What makes me think that is what they want out of it is not what they're going to be given, but they're going to have to like the thing because they've already decided to like the character. I, I could be totally wrong on that. How do you think it's going to go? Well, this may change now because everybody likes it so much, but I, I feel like it's just going to be like a regular Resident Evil antagonist that doesn't really do much in the game. Yeah, but that doesn't stop people from imprinting on it. If, Seriously. If have I you ever suppose. heard of shipping the concept? Right. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I have. I just, I feel like people are putting way more into this than they should. But I guess that's just in generally, yeah. in general, that's how it works. So never mind. I take it all back. I'm wrong. I, I mean, what would the worst case scenario be? Like people are looking at this big, tall, like lady, like step on me. And because she looks the way that she does. And, you know, people are like, oh, she's going to turn into this vagina monster with big gnashing tentacles and teeth that spit uh, poison. Yeah. And I'm like, buddy, I'm counting on it. <laughs> like, we, <know. laughs> we played Resident Evil 7. We yeah. know what happens. We've seen the shit that they get down with. And it's yes. like, that does not deter me in the slightest. Right. We know she's the monster from the end of Watchmen. That's not going to determine. <laughs> right, the, yeah, enough. that doesn't dampen us our, our enjoyment at all. Exactly. Okay, other things they think they want that they don't uh, don't actually want. There's, oh man, there's some, there's some, I guess we should bring this one back at some point. Because this is a... It's rife for commentary that is eluding yeah. me. And there's a lot of game design stuff you could talk about, like actual freedom of choice. Oh, right. yeah. Yeah. Full, full freedom. Yeah. You you can do that in near Automata in a couple places. And it was very upsetting. Like that part in the second opening where um, you like walk off and, and it's just like 9S walked off and that's the end of the game. And I'm like, oh, right. That wasn't fun. or like when you're fighting and you decide like in like the third route and you decide you know what fuck this this is too hard or you do like i do and accidentally stray too far from the battle arena so it makes it think that you're running away and it's like this coward run away and everyone died and it's like oh fuck you (laughs) jesus like when that when that actually like happens happens it's not what people think it is yeah yeah or like uh do people really want a video game that's like a one-to-one replica of new york city no, no, no one no. wants an actual big city map. No. Yeah. And right. you, you also don't want the smell of vision to be coming on through there. Nobody's asking for that, though. W- well, I, we're talking one to one replica. I don't know. That's fine. It includes smells to me. I suppose that fits in this monkey paw genie. Yeah, that's right. All right. You got me there, Sheffield. <laughs> All right. Here's our next question. This is a personal one. What is the longest you've ever struggled with a particular challenge in a video? I know the or... answer to this. Um. Anybody, we have we all played Nier Automata or no? Yeah, I have. Uh, I have not. Okay. Um, are the people who have? Are you familiar with the uh, idiot savant quest where you where the robot pretends to be stupid and so they make you hack him in order to prove like actually I'm not stupid. I'm pretending to be stupid because I get more money that way. The hacking part of that was the hardest thing I have ever done. So I sat there for like a good two hours, like trying to do like that bullet hell shooty thing. Like if you're unaware, like there are hacking things that you can do where you can go into like a robot's mind and you hack them by like successfully completing like a bullet hell section where you've got things shooting at you and you've only got so many lives. Yeah. 
that was the hardest fucking thing I've ever done in my life, but I stuck with it. And then I found out that it was, that was like the first one. And they're like increasingly harder ones that you have to do in order to like finish the quest. And I'm like, okay, fuck this. <laughs> I left it. Yeah. But I spent an afternoon on that. There are some, uh, some ways to kind of scam that a little bit. And I mean, I, I did it in what I felt was perhaps not the way that was intended, but do tell. I, did, I did it. Oh, I, no, I don't remember. It was just like, you know, little bit of clipping into the sides of things and like dirty cheap you gotta like shoot through squares and whatever we're talking about that kind of stuff right where you and and reach a thing in a certain amount of time etc yeah yeah Yeah. there are just ways where it's like if you shoot it in in a certain diagonal then you'll get two squares at once and yeah um, there's just a bunch of little little nonsense you can do to to scam it faster and um but for for whatever reason i have the kind of um game tester brain where i'm like there must be a way to break this and make it worse to play for myself <laughs> um but sometimes it it comes it makes me come out on top as it, it did in that case longest grinding against something yeah so this probably i don't know if this is the longest or the most but um exile wicked phenomenon for the turbo graphics is um notorious among the 100 people that have heard of it uh for the working designs uh translation uh i was making air quotes there by the way of the mechanic stuff because you know they always tweak number values and try to make the game more difficult for no reason and that kind of stuff and in this case they made a huge mistake with exile wicked phenomenon the second exile game on turbo graphic cd where you basically had to be like level 90 to get past level two or three and so you sort of have to grind around that time in order to progress with the game. And it's boring That's and it hard. takes forever and you, can, you can't let your guard down and you just have to keep grinding in this. There's this one area that I can remember. It's like a little shrine-ish area. And there's one place where enemies continually spawn down from the roof. And then sometimes you have to like go back out and back in to get more of them. And it's, it's like the place to, to grind. And... It's it's so unsatisfying because all you get out of that is the ability to continue the game. You don't gain an advantage or anything like that. You just like, and now I can play through the next portion of it reasonably. So yeah, that that wasn't fun, but I've definitely done it at least twice. Wow, why? Uh, I love Turbo Graphics games. <laughs> <laughs> there's got to be some kind of like fan made patch or something. Oh yeah, there's what do they call it? They're, there's like reworked designs or something like yeah. that. There's there's a group of people that are trying to fix all the working design games. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, it's it's admirable. Actually working design. That's right. <laughs> Actually. I don't think I have anything interesting. I mean, I, I think the one that I've put the most time into uh, was probably like S ranking the last level in, in Oendan on the on the DS. But um you know, there's nothing interesting about that. It's just I was really into the game and it was the last challenge. That's the one where it's the Full Metal Alchemist opening, right? Uh, Yes. Yeah. 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 Ready, steady, go, right? Yep. Yeah. The only other thing that comes to mind, I don't know. I just, I if a game doesn't respect me, I walk away. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't really. You should. Know your worth, King. I don't really yeah. grind if I don't have to. Uh, the, the only other thing that comes to mind for me is that I, I did stick with Celeste uh, through the end. Um, but that's probably because it, respected my time by um instantly letting me start over when dying so yeah uh, yeah frank i want to clarify something um do you know full metal alchemist primarily through having played that song in no end on 
um, I don't I don't know anything about it other than it is that then that is the theme song. Yeah, that's what I figured. Um, yeah. That was my guess. I think that's funny. Full metal and is very on brand for Frank. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've talked before about how I've sort of enjoyed grinding while, for example, talking to my parents on the phone. Sure. It makes me feel like I'm doing something simultaneously while I'm having my conversation. That's pretty good. But um, we, we're looking for the opposite of that. I just thought I'd point out grinding can be okay. Yeah, I, I didn't say most frustrating, just the longest. Uh, but that's yeah. the end of the question right there. Oh, dang it. Uh, the winner of last week's episode was our previous guest, Topher Doc Future Florence, nice. who gave us this challenge. You are designing a singular universal controller to be put into a time capsule. This will be the only controller to play all console games. You can have any button or stick configuration you want, but you are arbitrarily limited to only have three gimmicks. Gimmicks include things like force feedback, a touchscreen, speakers and a microphone, motion controls, a VMU slot, pressure-sensitive buttons, haptic feedback, an amiibo reader, or etc. Uh, okay. How do you design this universal controller? Mm. We want future people to be able to understand all the games of now, so I don't think we're... We're not planning for future games. We're planning to make sure that they can play everything from. That's from not my back, understanding. Right? My, my understanding is that we are altering video game history. Uh, no, it's a time capsule, not a time machine. Time capsule. OK, so this is for the future. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's so future people can play as many of the current games as possible. And so for gimmick stuff, we have to decide whether we want to include Wiimote waggle more than VMU support more than chat screen so that you could like emulate a DS or yeah, something. Yeah, what are the three gimmicky functions that are most important for this controller to support? Yeah, that's a like tough I, one. I'm tempted to say paddles mm -hmm. just because I want paddles to come back. I think they're cool, but I don't think that it's important to play Breakout or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like we might need a touch screen just because the we, we get the DS and then we also get phone games out of that. Yeah, good point. Right. I so, don't know, okay. uh, Rumble feature? Some kind of like feedback, but how important is the rumble feature? More to me. Why? Why? Yeah, I don't know. I like the idea of some of like hitting something and feeling it shake in my hand. You know, I think it's like the surround sound speakers that I have in my living room, which is that I don't notice that they're there, but I notice when they're not there. Oh, yeah. But I think you'd get used to the lack of it. So I I'm thinking about this in terms of maximum compatibility just play yeah yeah just too. be able to play as many games as yeah possible. it's just like an xbox 360 or ps4 controller i think yeah but, okay but we're, we're talking about like with it with an xbox 360 controller you can't play a wii game okay so, so those it's, are all... it's it's one of those with an iphone in the middle and a uh gyroscope six axis yeah yeah i guess so with a with a touchscreen in the middle we're basically talking about a wii u with like extra bells wii and whistle. yeah right. you're right the ideal this yeah, is right? the ideal controller looks like and oh, they, 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 they even did got, it again they even got ds games on that right where the, yeah. that's that's the second screen so mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. no paddle though no paddle though well we get to have three so and no paddle, dreamcast fishing controller right <laughs> So I guess paddles, touch screen, and uh, I don't, I'm not forcing <laughs> the paddles issue. I just like paddles. Um, we're not gonna have paddles. Okay, so uh, yeah, something like a Wii U, but maybe smaller form factor. We don't need the the Fisher Price baby screen on it. And we uh, got gyro. Got gyro. And do we need do we need the other part of the Wii sensitivity? What's the other part? The IR. Oh, um, I feel like we can. I don't know. Can't can't we like bundle those? 
as just like we controls. <laughs> I don't think so. Gyroscope and, and IR are two different things completely. I mean, they are, but are they? But they're part of the same gimmick for the Wii. I, but I'm, also, I'm the, but also things have a gyroscope without having yeah. the IR. So we lose most of Wii if we don't have the IR, if we care about that. It sucks that we have to spend expend so much of our energy on the Wii. Uh, I was going to say, like, can we, what can we leave behind in the Wii? Like, is the Wii so crucial that we have to include it? Yeah, yeah what are we it, doing this all for? Skyward Well, we sword? don't, we don't have anything like a light gun game right now. Mm, Do true, we need true. them? I don't know. I mean, I mean, I guess I would be mad if I were in the future and I couldn't play Area 51. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maximum force. What do we want? How do we want to present ourselves? I suppose we could remove light gun games and be like, yeah, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't shoot people. <laughs> hmm. What if the primary controller is a gun and we just put everything else around that? <laughs> <laughs> the universal controller is the Area 51 gun. Man, I want a gun with a paddle on it now. Yeah. Ah, Anal- analog movement while shooting, That's but only left and right, only left and right analog movement. Right. Just dodging. You could play the best game of Space Invaders on that. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's either IR or, I don't know, I guess we probably don't need to be able to chain controllers together or have a, like a multi-hub. That's a separate problem. Um, um, you're going to want that share button on there to uh, post your screenshots. Oh, mm. yeah, I'm going to be able to post my screenies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. We, I, I, we have officially abandoned the microphone, I've noticed. No one's brought that up. Oh, who cares? Heck, the microphone. We have, society has gone downhill when we introduced the ability to speak to each other in video games yeah but yeah. then how are you gonna play seaman we're, we're getting rid of the microphone for the same reason we're getting rid of guns which is we want we want people to think the best of us mm-hmm. right okay yeah although we don't get to have seaman or seaman um, well or, if, uh, if we want lifeline. them to think the best of us i think we need to get the paddle on there <laughs> <laughs> you know what? yeah that's a paddling it's time for our 10th question who is the megan markle of video games? Interesting. I mean, Meghan Markle. Do you mean like black woman who's taking it all down from the inside, Meghan Markle? Or do you mean like kind of mediocre actress that had a massive come up, Meghan Markle? Uh, that's for you to decide. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm yeah, going to go a, with... Those are very me- different questions. Yeah. Mediocre actress that had a massive come up. Okay. Um, oh, man. I don't want to dunk on anybody's <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I, I've already crossed off like five people. I don't want to... <laughs> Say out loud. So. Yeah. So, <laughs> so let's go with a fictional character. <laughs> I mean, you know, one one way we could do that is uh is basically almost any video game company CEO has failed their way up or oh, just yeah. r- like waited it out and become the last person on top of the piles. Like what's his name with the stadia right now? Oh. Oh yeah, Phil Harrison. Yeah, George Harrison. Yeah. Yeah, George Harrison. Not even the best Beatle. No. I was thinking of like glue mobile who were just bought for like billions of dollars oh god that stuff if it frustrates me so much to see that kind of stuff happen when i'm like okay we got enough money through september you know <laughs> like that's that's what that's where i am and uh and we've then, got enough hard tech to last the winter yeah and then glue mobile is like yeah we just got bought for five million zillion dollars five million would not be the amount it would be a lot more than that you'd I be happy with that i yeah, i'd be happy with it i i interviewed the one-time director of glue mobile because he was previously the ceo of digital pictures who did like mm. sewer shark and night trap and all that stuff and so they you know they i was still a journalist at the time and they were like we would like you to do this interview and i was like okay uh will it be okay if i 
ask some questions about some other stuff, like when he used to work for Capcom, and they're like, yeah, that's okay. And then I I had like one question about Glue Mobile, <laughs> and it was about um, digital pictures and and why Resident Evil and Biohazard were named that way, etc. Uh, it was a good interview. Yeah, I'm always going to be a little salty about Glue Mobile because they acquired and then ruined my favorite trivia app, uh, Quiz Up which is now unplayable because they put all their monetization stuff into there. Uh, quiz down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What was the question? Uh, oh, yeah. Megan Markle Megan Markle. video games. Yeah, okay. In, in I guess, within fictional characters, um, this might be a controversial choice. I think that Nathan Drake is a pretty I mediocre dude. I was going to say Nathan Drake. Oh, I nice. really was, like, because he is very mediocre. Um, yeah. I would probably also say then Joel from The Last of Us. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, all them dads. All them dads are mediocre. Dads in general are pretty mediocre. Kratos. Kratos has become mediocre. I guess he has. All the guys from Mad Max Fury Road. That's not even a funny joke. I'm sorry. I I got it. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, you know, it's like maybe maybe if I said it in 10 years, you'd be like, I remember that. Yeah, too soon. Yeah, too soon to be funny. I I wish there was a word that I could use to describe (laughs) it. Yeah, the quality of that joke. Uncharted 4. It's like a story about how a man lies to his wife who is an adventurer so that he can go on an adventure without letting her know because he thinks that it'll cause an argument that will be worse than the argument that happens when she inevitably finds out because she's also an adventurer who fully understands what he wants to do. Oh, but there, there's more to Meghan Merkel than kind of mediocre. There's this whole narrative. You know, I don't know too much about that. So. <laughs> I mean, all I know is the recent stuff, really, about how, um, I mean, what's going on with her these days where it, she's um, exposing the royal family's very, very surprising racism. Um, <laughs> My word. I was thinking when I asked this, somebody who kind of fumbled their way into this uh, system that we've always kind of taken for granted and then just exposed a bunch of bullshit about. She, she was perhaps a mediocre actress and, and whatever else, but I do think that what's going on now and her actually calling it out and you know she doesn't valuable. want to she, she she's not no. enjoying this no like, I, I i think it is uh there's there's definitely bravery there and i appreciate what she's doing and it, it's making the uk take a a bit of a look at themselves and uh and and have to i mean they're they're not getting any ra- less racist through it right. maybe <laughs> she didn't mean to be but she is the hero of the story now yes yes that's what i was thinking of it because in if you think about megan and harry's story like you know every girl wants the prince to come save her but she was actually the prince who had to save the prince so in that respect clementine hey at the buzzer okay from what uh, uh walking dead. dead oh yeah i see that yeah Absolutely. it's a canonical answer i like it all right that means it's time for us to move on to our lightning round right now ash you are in the lead of the episode but let's see if you can Hang on to that. Probably not. We've got our fan fiction expert back on the show, so here's the game we're going to play. I am going to read you the title of a piece of fan fiction on AO3 and part of the story's logline. Based on that information, you have to guess what game the story is about. Mm. Okay. Let's start off with an easy one. This one is called She's Gone, Gone, Gone Rewrite. Logline? Roxas, Axel, and Shion were in a car accident. This is the aftermath. So that's Kingdom Hearts, the 352 by, what, two days? Uh, 358 days over two. I'll give you yeah. that one. Close enough. One I point didn't know out. any of that stuff that was just yeah. talked about. 
<laughs> all right next from which all that was time kept coming speeding faster and faster at a breakneck pace as sam stayed exactly the same that's blinks the time sweeper is it life is strange frank you want to guess uh is there a character named sam and chrono trigger chrono trigger uh it was death stranding sam okay. porter bridges oh spb yeah with the time fall you gotta think laterally with few of these uh next is we'll try pizza date wendy has to write a review for the college paper Huh. Um, Maniac Mansion. That's right. Yeah. Maniac Mansion. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> All right. This next one. Among the stars, we fell in love. They should kill everyone. But there's a problem. A problem called feeling. <laughs> I love it. Uh, it's Cosmic Fantasy 2 for the TurboGrafx CD, obviously. Clearly, yeah. It's Sonic what? the Hedgehog. So what's the title again? Among the stars, we fell in love. I don't know. I don't have a guess. It could be No Man's Sky. <laughs> this is fan fiction about the game Among Us. No, I thought that would be too (laughs) close of a reading on the joke, but it was not. Oops. No. (laughs) All right. Uh, Right now we've got a tie game between uh, Frank and Ash. Uh, Number five. Links to these figs in the show notes, please. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Acts of God. He can make anything, solve everything. But what happens when he becomes the problem? Uh, Super scribble nuts. (laughs) Uh, That's correct. It's scribble nuts. Holy shit. <laughs> All right, Frank's okay. got two points, and we're going into our last one. Oh, uh, oh, it's either that or the Duck Amok game for <laughs> DS. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, this next one is worth three points, so whoever gets it wins. The Confession of a Lifetime. Jetpack Guy has fallen madly in love with Gary, probably a lot more than he realizes. One problem, though, he doesn't know how the hell to confess his feelings. Thankfully, Valentine's Day is right around the corner, and he has his good friend Dot to make sure things go as smooth as possible. Let's just hope he can keep from losing it. Is that not Jetpack Joy, right? I guess uh, it's not. Or Gary's mod. Tempted to say Jet Set Willy, but his name's Willy, not Jetpack Guy. Um, but, uh, I don't know, Rad Gravity. Uh, that was actually about Club Penguin. Club okay. Penguin was the video game. But Frank, you are our winner. Congratulations. That means you get to pick the question in next week's episode. It's because I played Maniac Mansion, the only game to star a character named Wendy. Uh, there's a Wendy Koopa in Super Mario Brothers 3. That's Super true. Mario. There's also a Wendy the Witch Game Boy Color game. Then you there could you probably play as Wendy in some Peter Pan game. Okay. All right. I want to thank Ash, who came back to the show uh, for doing that. Uh, thank you so much for... Uh, <laughs> Thanks for doing that. Yeah. Thanks so much for coming on down from the uh, Kotaku Split Screen podcast. Uh, hang out with us. We got to get one of you guys on sometime. Yeah, oh, I'll please, do sure. it. Or Frank will do it. I don't know. No whatever. Uh, not me. Uh, <laughs> uh, does anyone have anything they'd like to plug or recommend at this juncture? I watched this movie, Barb and Star Go to Vista Del Mar. Oh, it rhymes. God. It does. And um, I tell you what. So with movies like this, usually you say... Don't watch the trailer. But in this case, I think that you should watch the first trailer, trailer number one, and then watch the movie, regardless of what you think about the trailer and then see what you think. It's a it's an interesting one. It's stupid. So don't don't go in expecting that your mind is going to be blown. It's a stupid movie, but uh, it was fun. And I think that watching that trailer and then watching that movie is is a, is kind of a fun thing. Would you say it's the best movie with a rhyming title? Hmm, that's a real tough one. I'll have to percolate on that because there's a lot of movies with rhyming titles. It's probably better than Deuce Bigelow Mill Gigolo. I would say so. Probably better than Good Luck Chuck. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's better than Kill Bill or Hocus Pocus. I like it more than Kill Bill and Hocus Pocus. 
All right. It's it, it's Big hitter. Uh, what about uh, Judy Moody in the Not Bummer Summer? I haven't seen that one. <laughs> or Mr. Megorium's Wonder Import. I, didn't, I haven't even heard of that one, though. Okay. Well, then I guess Barb and Star is our de facto rhyming. Yeah, winner. for now. For now. Uh, another thing I have to recommend is an album by Frankie Rose called called Cage Tropical. And Frankie Rose, if you like kind of gothy stuff mm-hmm. with a kind of vintagey sound, but it's not actually old and it's not a nostalgia play. Um, and if you like things like the Cocteau Twins and the Cranberries, but you would like to hear some new music, then I recommend this album. I think you will have a high chance of enjoyment. So give that a look-see. Oh, wait, I have one more thing. All right. Which is not really a recommendation, but just a, a well, it's almost a record. It's in like an endurance test that you could take for yourself. There's a movie oh. called it's called 400 versus one crazy samurai, alternately called um, crazy samurai Musashi. And it is a movie where the gimmick is um, aside from the beginning and the end of the movie. There is a 70 minute uninterrupted one take battle between one guy and 400 guys. That's incredible. Where it is you, incredible. Where does one watch this? Fandango. Um, yeah, Fandango. <laughs> I think it's other places too, but um, it's definitely on Fandango. But it is like, it's a new kind of boredom that I didn't, I wasn't aware of before because like five, five minutes in watching this one guy fight 400 guys, it's like, oh my God, this has only been five minutes. It sounds like a great movie to put on in the background of a party when yeah, parties are a thing. It hasn't been 20 minutes. It has been five. And there's 65 more minutes of this. <laughs> um, it's it's astounding. And and toward as you go along, you start like, you know, when you're playing a game and it's not that good and you start making a new game within the game for yourself. Oh, yeah. Um, in this movie, you can predict where Musashi is going to hit the opponent based on where the. Uh, somewhat conspicuous padding is on their body like is it on the <laughs> is it on the side or the back or do they have a big poofy wig on oh he's gonna get hit right on top of the head and the the tricky one is when does he hit them on the leg that one you can't mm. really tell so well <laughs> you know that when you start uh creating little games like that for yourself that it's um it's a rough one uh so that's that's an interesting thing that you could try to enjoy if you <laughs> if you wanted to figure out if you could Okay, I'm ready to render my verdict. The best rhyming movie is Be Kind Rewind. Okay. No, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine, but I can't think of a better one. But you know, I think, you know what, Jeffy? I think that you would like Barb and Star Go to Vista Del Mar more than that. Okay. I'll give it I a think shot. You should then. watch it. It also takes place, it theoretically takes place in Florida where you left <laughs> uh, recently. Vista Del Mar, oh, yeah. The place I never want to be reminded of. Great. <laughs> yeah, but it's actually shot in Mexico. So it's okay. Oh, then I'm fine. Yeah. Uh, uh, Frank, you got anything? Uh, no, I do not. Uh, Ash, you got anything to plug or recommend for our audience? Check out Kotaku Split Scaring if you need a podcast to fill your podcasting hours in addition to this one. So um, we release every Friday. I'm there. You can hear more of my charming takes. Love those takes. Yeah. Uh, I've been uh, binge listening to the Tobolowski Files lately. That's another good podcast to listen to about uh, character actor Stephen Tobolowski. That's a fun one. Actually, why uh, don't I, I? I haven't plugged my own podcast in a while. Yes, please yeah, do. do um, it's a great podcast. So thank you. Uh, the video game history hour. Um, it is presented by the charity that uh, that I work at, the Video Game History Foundation. Um, so it is available pretty much everywhere. The Video Game History Hour. 
Great. Uh, I have a few more recommendations. I recommend that if you're listening to somewhere where you can subscribe to or review podcasts, that you do those things for our podcast. You can go to patreon.com slash insert credit, where you can become a patron to submit your own questions, get episodes one day early, and even access to regular bonus episodes and other exclusive content. You can uh, join the conversation at the brand new refurbished uh, insertcredit.com. Beautiful website production going on over there. We've got an active forum community, and uh, it's a great place to uh, convene with uh, the insert credit heads in between episodes. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter for updates. The show is at insert credit. I'm at Alex Jaff. Frank is at Frank Zafaldi. Brandon is at Necro Softy. And Ash is at Ad Astra. Uh, yep, that's right. It's not High Cross. Uh, this show is produced by Esper Quinn with music by Kurt Feldman. Once more, I'm Alex Chaffee. I'm Frank Cifaldi. I'm Brandon Sheffield. I'm occasionally Ash Bears. And your game has now been saved. Nice. Put a piece of Game Boy box art in the general chat. Never seen this before. He did the Monster Max. <laughs> Look at this dumbass. <laughs> no, he oh, looks really cool. It was oh, a he's great a guitar. Box. He's cool. Uh, what do you call him? Wear his sunglasses if he's got a guitar. That's that's what confuses me. He looks like a Mega Man reject, though. I showed yeah. this. I showed this to Amanda, my wife, and she said, "Oh, that's Sonic's dad." <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh.